You don't have to check your suffering. You don't have to heal your gut. You can always make the choice to continue to be sick and to continue to suffer. That is always available to you. If the work feels too hard or it doesn't feel like something you're, you want to do right now, you get to choose to keep your symptoms. And I say that from a place of 147% love. Like you get to choose that if that's what you want. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. It is no surprise that your mindset has a lot to do with how your body heals. Did you know that emotions like hormones are chemical messengers inside of the body? These molecules of emotion have the ability to bind to cell receptors all over the body, eliciting powerful changes. This is something that my guest Victoria Albina understands so profoundly and that she has seen an impact that the mind can have on the body, especially in our gut and in our hormone system. Now, stress is such a great example of this. When I began to understand the physical and biochemical implications that stress was having on my body, it was no surprise that I wasn't setting my body up for success. I felt it. The exhaustion, the wired and tired episodes punctuated with gut issues and headaches. And everywhere I looked, I met women with similar health demands feeling the same way about their bodies. Yet their mindset priorities were rarely centered around their health until it was too late. As a practitioner, I have taken care of thousands of women dealing with a lack of energy, anxiety, hormonal imbalance, weight gain, and chronic stress. And it's not just the physical health consequences that concern me when it comes to each of us. It's that we can live a life so out of touch of our intuition and passion that our life is being impacted as well. It's time to shift this way of thinking about our health and life, and it's the exact conversation we're going to be exploring in today's episode with Victoria. Now, before I jump into this powerful interview where we really get down and dirty when it comes to mindset and its implications, I want to quickly celebrate your wins. One particular healing rock star is Anna Souza, and I'm excited to shout her out that she just shared on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Here is what Anna had to say. I haven't missed an episode all year long since I found Dr. Marisa's podcast. To find a podcast that focuses on women's health is such a treasure. I have made several changes from the advice I received on the show. The experts are great, and Dr. Marisa makes important health concerns easy to understand. I love how high energy she is, and I can't wait to have that kind of energy again myself. I'm excited for this healing journey, and I'm excited that I get to be inspired by this incredible podcast. Anna, thank you so much for sharing your wind, and I'm so glad that you are loving the episodes as much as I love making them. Congratulations on that next step in your healing journey. I am always holding space for you in your continued healing miracles. If you are listening today, Anna, I would love to gift you my favorite superwoman blend. Just reach out to me on Facebook or where you found me on Instagram at D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Fellow podcast listeners, you know what's up. I would love to shout you out too. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you are plugging into. Right now, we have 250 reviews on iTunes, which is amazing. So I want to say thank you so much. When we continue to share these episodes, when we continue to share this show, we really set women up for success. 
All right, let's start to set you up for success with this incredible conversation with Victoria. But first, I want to sing her praises. Victoria Albina is a licensed and nationally board certified family nurse practitioner, herbalist, and cognitive behavioral life coach with over 20 years experience in health and wellness. Victoria has a passion for supporting women with digestive issues, depression, anxiety, fatigue, hypothyroid, autoimmunity through functional medicine. Having been sick and misdiagnosed for most of her life, she works to get to the root cause of these symptoms that women are often not getting the care that they need for. She supports her patients in a truly holistic way, a mind, body, heart, and spirit approach. She is based out of New York City, consults with patients worldwide, and you can hear her on her weekly podcast, Feminist Wellness, available on iTunes or wherever you love to plug in to podcast. Go and check her out. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Victoria Albina. How are you doing today, honey? I am doing so well, my love. You? I am doing great, mainly because, let's be honest, you and I have been talking for the last 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and it has been spectacular. Spectacular. It really has been. Yeah. I've had the most fun. We just met and it feels like I've known you all my life. Or like maybe some previous lifetimes? Many lifetimes. Maybe. <laughs> I just Yay. love it. And what I love that we're going to talk about this mind-gut connection, but most importantly, specifically how our thoughts, how our feelings, how our stress mm. has a major impact on what is going on with our gut. This, yes. is what, this is a big part of your expertise, although you have an expertise in so many wonderful things, not only supporting women in digestive issues, but even depression, anxiety, fatigue, hypothyroid, autoimmunity. Girl, we've been talking so much on the show about mm-hmm. hypothyroid and autoimmunity. Maybe we'll even dip into that just a tiny bit because I know that that is a little area of your focus. Yeah. And you and I are so aligned on functional medicine. Mm-hmm. It's just all the things. Like I said, many lives. Mm-hmm. Really? You've been on that path for quite some time, and I am so excited I, that I'm going to be tuning in to your podcast, Feminist Wellness. Congratulations oh. for jumping into this world, girl. Thank you. It feels really exciting. I feel so privileged to have nerded out and gone to so much school, and I'm, I love what I do, and I love that I get to share it with a broader audience. I love it. Now, this has been you know 20 years in the making, so tell me a little bit about Tell me your journey. One, starting out as a family nurse practitioner, moving into functional medicine and focusing on women's health, you know, and not just reproductive health. We're talking about women's health is embodying so much of health. And we really got to look at it through a different lens today and how we encompass women's health. So what, what got you on this beautiful journey? Right on. So I was born on a rainy Wednesday. No, just kidding. Um, no, but it really was a Wednesday. I, um, you know, just to get really directly, I was born sick. I was born with a tummy that just wasn't right. And from the second I started eating solids, um, things did not go well for my poor mother. And I had what, you know, in the 70s in Argentina, we weren't calling leaky gut. But I had a leaky gut, and food never felt right. I grew up a complete fart machine. <laughs> I like always had a tummy ache and gas. Mm-hmm. And as hormones started kicking in, with my gut 
not being able to do what I wish it had been able to do, I started getting really depressed and I lived with constant chronic anxiety. And I went to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, none of whom were able to give me an answer or a diagnosis or a treatment plan that actually helped. And it wasn't until I found a naturopath, big ups naturopaths, who did the right stool testing, hormone testing, thyroid testing, that I was able to get the diagnosis that led me on this path of healing myself. So having finally started feeling better after 25, 26 years on this planet, I knew I had to go out into the world and help others to feel better, particularly women and particularly around those things that women are so often ignored about when we show up at our healthcare providers. Things like what you listed, IBS, depression, fatigue, thyroid, autoimmunity. We just get the big brush off and um, I'm pretty sick of it. So I'm out here, like you, to help women to really deeply heal themselves and get back to their best health through functional medicine. Hmm. And in that process, because I know, I know that process, it wasn't, it wasn't tummy troubles for me. I had chronic migraine pain for mm. 15 years. And in that process of, of being told, you know, you were simply, nothing was wrong or <laughs> simply going to have to live with it. Tell me a little bit about that experience as well. Like, what was that frustration like, you know, knowing that you didn't feel well and knowing no one had an answer for you? For me, I thought that I was going to be subjugated to medicine for the rest of my life. I didn't know anything different. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, totally fair enough, right? Like we are not, most of us are not trained to know that there's something beyond the one pill for one ill Western medical model. Mm -hmm. So makes sense that you would think that. So my experience, the main words that come to me are alienating. I felt like apart from the world and people who could like just eat stuff and people who didn't like sit around, right? you know, listening to People could eat stuff. People can eat stuff. Right. What? And you couldn't. I mean, I could. I just but No, it was just on the <laughs> back side. It was just a hot mess. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I felt really sort of alienated and isolated from the world and then alienated and isolated from my healthcare providers because the message I would get is you're bananas, right? Like there's nothing, there's no there there was, was like the constant message. Things like, oh, you just need to relax more or get more exercise, you know, like think, recommendations that made absolutely no sense and were just never really helpful. And the frustration, I think there was also this really deep sense of abandonment of like, dude in the white coat. Like I was taught my whole life to put my faith in you and here we are, you're letting me down. And that's, yeah, it, it felt really, really lousy. <laughs> I bet, I bet. And yeah. I just I just wanted to connect in with that because so yeah. often we, we do all feel that way where we're at bedside, we're at the doctor's office and we've put so much faith, we've put so much... Yeah hope into in authority in that as yes. well right so we we hear everything and it's yeah. it, it's just a funky place to be and so you know i know you know you came onto the other side of it and yeah. you know i know that when you realized and my thought is that like oh my gosh my body really does want to work with me my mm -hmm. body does really want to heal right tell me a little bit about that healing process and how you've been able to bring that in for your patients like your, how you've been able to help get your patients back on track Right on. 
One of the first thing that comes to me is trust and self-love. Again, when I was sick and was going from doctor to doctor, one of the things that definitely happened was I, this ever-building distrust in myself, my experience of my own wellness, what I was thinking, because you probably heard this too, I was made to feel like I was crazy, like I was making things up, over-exaggerating. I actually had a doctor tell me I was being hysterical, which is just like, dude... Really? really you're you're evoking my womb right here like come on dude um, but it's horrible but you know horrible. i had no idea that hysteria once upon a time in like early oh, yeah. 1900s was an actual diagnosis oh yeah absolutely and, and I won't even go into the definition of this diagnosis, but that it is literally carried on until oh, yeah. today. Like the, the sure. negative ramifications and implications yes. of that diagnosis, although it was well over 100 years ago, has continued to plague us as women inside the medical system. Completely. Completely. Yeah. It's pretty intense. And it's quite the it's thing hysterical. to have. When you're like, right? I'm like, I have a wicked bad belly. Like every time I- Clutch the pearls, bless his heart. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I, I think about and I talk about my IBS, my mental health struggles, my chronic pain, I mean, all the everything I went through as one of the greatest and most beautiful gifts of my lifetime. Because I truly believe that the universe, the goddess, God, whatever we believe in, create unicorn in the sky put me here as a healer, which is an, a remarkable privilege. And in order to get to the place where I might help others heal, I had to go through my own journey. And I had to do the suffering that I needed to do to build the most empathy and love and caring I could for my patients. So this morning when I had a woman sitting in the chair in my office saying, Vic, it just every time I eat, it hurts so much in my tummy. I could take her hand and look in her eyes and say, baby, I hear you and I feel it, right? Like in Spanish, lo siento. I feel it in my bones when you say, girl, my tummy hurts. I'm sad. I'm anxious all the time. I sleep like a dead rock and I wake up so exhausted. Mm. Lo siento, right? I feel it. Hmm, That is so powerful to being able, so many of us, we just want to be heard. We just want to be, we just want to be seen and we just want to be validated. What's real for us in our pain and our struggle. And, you know, we, we rarely get that in in the office. Usually someone's in a script, writing up whatever it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And so a a lot of what I bring to clinic is a framing of our medical care, not just in the latest cutting edge, you know, functional medicine testing, which I love. I also studied epidemiology. I'm like a hardcore nerd and I love data and I love studies and I love getting that like actual nitty gritty diagnosis and like, what's your calprotectin level and like all that stuff. And while we're doing that, we have to pause first and base the work and everything we do together in the room in this profound dedication to self-love. Because if that's not our first and most important order of business, if self-love isn't the first supplement you take every morning, it is hard 
for your vitamin D to get absorbed and your glutamine to heal your gut lining and that biocidin to kill off the bugs. If it isn't all based in this true deep belief that you are worthy of love exactly as you are today with your bellyache, with your suicidal ideation, with your ADHD, right? With all of it, you are worthy and whole and so lovable. And you get to, because you don't have to, you can continue to suffer, but you get to choose to step deeply into that stance of self-love first so that you can take the next steps towards I agree. your healing. Yeah, And, and that mindset of worthiness, you know, Oof. so often we don't think that we're worthy of healing. Oof. You know, we hold on to so much shame and embarrassment that we're, yeah. we, we're not able to clear that and say, you know what, I deserve to be well. Yep. I deserve to have a body that works for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I deserve to love my body and love this healing process. You know, yes. one of the biggest lessons I learned several years ago, but took many, many, many years to learn is that our healing journey doesn't necessarily have to be painful or this horrible struggle. Right. You know, there are poignant moments, mm-hmm. punctuated moments where it's really, it can be enjoyable. We can really connect in with healing our body and that being such a great experience in the process. I know that doesn't always feel so great, but I think when we change our mindset around it, it really shifts the way our body heals. I couldn't agree more. A lot of the work I do is from a cognitive behavioral framework. That's the, the framework for life coaching that I use and bring it into every clinic session. And I deeply believe that life is a series of completely neutral events. And we don't have a feeling about what just happened until we put a human thought on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Right, And so, therefore, we can look at our own suffering story or our own healing story, and we can choose the words that we're going to attach to that story to choose the way we're going to feel. So if the story is like, oh, golly, you know, this bellyache is the worst. It's so terrible. I can't eat anything. I'm so uncomfortable all the time, right? If we start crafting this narrative about our lives, that's a story of suffering and a story of pain and get attached to that, our bodies are more than happy to oblige, right? Our bodies hear us. We have neuroplasticity, right? The capacity Mm -hmm. of the brain to change and grow and adapt to whatever we're feeding it, positive or negative or neutral, right? And so if you're like, oh, suffering, I'm suffering, I'm suffering, I'm suffering, your body's like, okay, girl, sure, yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to feel really bad emotionally about what's going on. And that's going to compound your suffering, which will keep you stuck in suffering. Go on then. Like what Buddhists call the second arrow, right? The first arrow is the actual event, and the second arrow is how we react to or approach it, right? Mm -hmm. You choose to suffer further, or we can turn that on its head. I currently have a bellyache. There are times I have not, and there are times I will not again, right? Like whatever that new story we want to practice in order to help us feel less worked up about it. Agreed. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, it's easier, clearly easier said than done. So talk to me a little bit about how do we manage our mind 
when when we get those disruptions, either it's chronic pain or it's it's chronic gut issues or it's maybe an autoimmunity or maybe it's chronic fatigue. How do we manage our mind around that? Because I know we've talked, you've been talking about the cognitive kind of shifting that cognitive yeah. neuroplasticity. We know that the emotions are molecules, right? They're yes. these ligands that are binding to every yes. receptor, every cell in the body through these receptor sites. So talk to me about how we can manage our mind because clearly we know that there is a major connection between our anxiousness, our depression, our stress, and how our gut is functioning. Our gut is sensing a lot of that all the time. There's two things I'm hearing in that question. Yes, absolutely. Emotions are molecules. They're ligands. Like I love that you just said that and that you're another voice putting that out into the universe and sharing that with people who may think that their emotions are trivial, right? Or their emotions are not something that matters or is worthy of our time and effort to learn to manage and support ourselves around. So thank you for saying that and for helping to put the message out there as well of that mind-body connection. So, oh my gosh, I got to tell you, my brain is flooded. I have so many things to talk about. The vagus nerve, right? You and I can right. geek out about the vagus yes. nerve for like a 100 that, dear listeners, today's episode will be 100,000 hours and it will all be about the vagus nerve. <laughs> JK, JK, keep listening. So we can geek out about the vagus nerve. We can talk all about how the molecules, the gut microbiome creates a lot of neurotransmitters. And so when the gut itself is ailing, when we have leaky gut, when we have dysbiosis, which means an imbalance in the bacteria within the gut, bacteria, virus, fungi, within the large intestine, those microbes within the gut actually change your body's neurotransmitters and whether you're making enough of the chemicals that support a feeling of wellness, satiety, happiness, and sleepiness or not. The vagus nerve, do you want, shall I geek out on that? Um, absolutely. I know mean, we haven't talked enough about the vagus, <gasps> vagus nerve on these episodes. So please <sighs> I, do us the honor. Oh, uh, okay. Well, the definitive, like the end all on, on the vagus nerve that I'm obsessed with is Steve Porges, Stephen Porges, who wrote Polyvagal Theory. He's a psychology researcher and author and super dope work. So the vagus nerve is the longest nerve in our body, um, 10th cranial nerve. It comes out uh, through the back of your head and through your jaw and it goes down through the middle of your animal. Just quick side note of geekiness, a total knockout punch in boxing is a punch to the jaw because it's, it hits the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve controls everything from your brain not everything, but so much of the connection between your brain and the rest of your body, your ability to swallow, your heart's rhythm, the movement of your diaphragm and your lungs and your ability to breathe, the movement of your intestines, some parts of reproductive function. And it is part of the signaling bi-directional superhighway between your brain and your gut. It is the thing that helps to move signals up and back. So when we get triggered or startled or frightened and something moves us into fight, flight, or freeze, that response, which is when our sympathetic nervous system gets all altered and worked up and thinks that we're about to get eaten by a lion, sends signals along the vagus nerve to everything that comes from it. So we think there's a lion your heart rate goes up because you're going to have to run. Your lungs start sort of contracting, your diaphragm contracts up so that you can breathe like, like up at the top of your lungs so you can move a lot of oxygen because you're going to have to run. Your digestion, that just stops. Reproductive function, forget about it. Think about it. Your body literally thinks you're about to be eaten by a lion 
you're not going to do anything but the most basic function. And the fact of having that quickened breathing, that quickened heart rate will make you feel anxious because it's supposed to, right? That's its purpose. You, you need to be freaking out right now. The problem is way back in the day when we lived in caves on the edge of the desert or something, this response, this sympathetic fight, flight, freeze response transmitted via the vagus nerve was reserved for actual lion attacks. And what happens now is you get a Slack message from your boss, come to my office. Lion attack! Your subway is late. Lion attack! Uh, your partner says, oh, you know, we should talk later. Lion attack! Or you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, why are you so, insert judgment here? Or you have like IBS and you have your symptoms again, right? Like you wake up and you think your belly feels fine and then you have diarrhea or you don't poop for two, three days. All of the ways that we think about these situations creates these emotions, right? These sensations that are movements of energy through our bodies that can send us into this fight, flight, freeze response, which does the opposite of helping us thrive and actually sends our healing backwards. And as cortisol goes up, it thins mucous membranes, which just makes leaky gut worse. Oh, yeah. Ooh, girl, you are preaching it. I'm loving it. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Okay. I went on quite the nerd ramble there. Oh, no. We talk about HPA access deregulation all the time here on this episode, yep. girl. Yes. So get in it. Yes, exactly. Constantly perceived stress. Perceived those, stress. It, mm. it doesn't matter. Every doesn't matter. time you perceive stress, right. you know, then you are sending out biochemical, you're, you're sending out the troops. And, and that has, you know, I always tell people, I mean, not only gut permeability, shut off the reproductive system, but also, I mean, literally we downgrade the prefrontal cortex yes. because you don't need to solve a math problem when yeah. you're hiding, when you're running from a tiger. Of course not. Yeah. So we can't even think right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Your brain's just like, hide, run, hide, go up a tree, run. Yeah. There's no, there's no, like, we're like, huh? It's mm -hmm. just so yeah. hard to get back, back into that space <sighs> of like resetting. Right. Right. And I think that's where like the most basic things become the most important, which I know you preach about all the time, right? Daily meditation, mindfulness, prayer, if that's your jam, doing the really basic self-care activities that help to shift your body out of that whole lion attack thing we were just talking about into parasympathetic, rest and digest, chill out, don't panic, there's no lion. Right? Mm -hmm. And you asked me about my management, and all of that was to say I believe that once we have awareness about our thoughts, and once we have a keen ability to be our own watcher, right? Like what Eckhart Tolle talks about the watcher of our own minds and not not holding on to a belief that we are our thoughts, right? But we are rather the watcher of our thoughts. We can start to identify the thoughts that send us whoosh into lion attack. And we can work to pick a new thought, engage neuroplasticity by practicing this new thought. And I recommend people journal it out, right? Journal it out every single day, write it out and put this new thought into your brain the way you would rehearse a script. You know, you can just pick any 
situation in your life where you generally respond with stress, right? Come to understand the thought clearly behind it and pick a new thought that leads to a new feeling. Mm. And do you even recommend having them write it out? I think sometimes writing it out is so powerful. Yes. I actually, I think it's, you know, mandatory really. It gets that kinesthetic connection, right, between brain and body. Mm -hmm. It gets that going to like physically, not just type it on your computer or type it with your thumbs, but rather to like put pen to paper. And I recommend that folks do future self-planning, which is the thing I talk about on my show quite a bit because I'm obsessed with it which is a technique I learned in high school from my slam poetry teacher. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like crazy. The 90s were like... Oops. Oh, girl. Yes. <laughs> right? I miss the 90s. I miss grunge. My Spotify is like 100% grunge. And they keep being like, do you want to hear a modern song? And I'm like, decline. Thank you. More Pearl Jam. But anyway. I'm more of a, I'm more of a 70s girl, you know. I oh. like that. You know, I've got my, my cookout playlist, you know, with, um, with Stevie Wonder and Ooh. Aretha Franklin oh. and, and Bill Withers. That. That's my music, yeah. girl. The Gap that Band. Is, oh, yeah, sure. That is good music. Maybe we should trade Spotify playlists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. Right on. But even listening to your Spotify, right? Like making the time to do that gets you into parasympathetic. But back to what we were talking about, you asked me if we should write it out. And my answer is like the biggest hardcore yes. Put pen to paper, do it every single day. And I recommend a couple of things. One, a thought download. Because if your thoughts are swimming around in your head, they will keep swimming around in your head. And it's not until we can see them written down on paper that we start to get a little cognitive distance, which is my favorite reason why journaling works. It Mm -hmm. it creates that distance where it's like, oh, wait, dude, I'm thinking that? That looks bananas when I see it on paper. Like, wait, that's in my head, right? And it helps us to become our own watcher in that way. And then what I recommend folks do after a quick a thought download can take like two minutes, right? To just like blah, get everything out of your brain is take a look at it, circle the things that aren't working, right? The thoughts that aren't working. And then I recommend doing this future self-planning from the 90s where you write out I am statements to help create that neuroplastic practice. So I am powerful. I am speaking my truth. I am doing my best in every conversation. I am communicating directly. I am healing my tummy. I am healing my fatigue. I I am, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It really is great. It's such a powerful thing. You know, I'm, I'm such a little essential oil girl too. And I love leveraging oils in those moments because you can attach it to a scent Yes. And, and then it, and it creates that Pavlovian experience. Yes. Where when you breathe it in, you're like, okay, I, this is when I'm in that good state. Yeah. And it, it can help shift to, to parasympathetic as well. So I always tell my, my readers, you know, when you're journaling these good things out, have an oil that really resonates with you, that has you feeling good because mm-hmm. you can connect that to that emotional experience. Right on. And since they're so emotional. Um, yeah. Go right through your limbic system. What mm-hmm. essential oil are you using when you journal these days? So I have a, I have a, a combo that's called Brave. 
Mm. And it's so wild orange is the oil of abundance. So I love that wild orange, osmanthus, and cinnamon because cinnamon is the oil of courage. And so is this beautiful smelling oil. It mostly smells like wild orange with like a little hint of a cinnamon kick. And it just makes me the happiest girl in the world. Oh, I love it. My favorite little blend to use when I'm when I'm journaling and out. Right on. I have been super drawn to juniper lately. Ooh, and I've been using juniper. That. So good. So strong, right? Girl, it is so strong. <laughs> ooh, ooh, those deep, deep, deep roots. And yeah, I've been really yeah, I've been diffusing juniper when I step when I journal and do my thought downloads and do my meditation in the morning before mm-hmm. I head out to the gym. And it's just been amazing. I'm also, you will hopefully like this, I'm doing a little giveaway right now with my podcast um, and folks can win if they do an iTunes review and send that on into us to info at victoriaalbina.com and I'll give you all the details for the show notes, but they can win two, like a full set of my handcrafted essential oil rollers. So there's like a good morning, wake up, exciting one, you know, the usual suspects that you would you would expect peppermint, lemon, right? Really bright. Yes. And then there's one called Easy Now, which is a relaxing evening blend with lavender, cedarwood, vetiver in organic jojoba with magnesium oil. Ooh, that is so lovely. Ooh, I'll send you a set. Oh my goodness, yeah. Of course. So we've got some good takeaways for managing our mind, right? We have, we've, we've, I'm I'm bringing it all back. Um, Someone has to. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You know, one of my last questions is really about long-term health and healing Mm. and how we can create that. But these are tools for long-term health and healing. They really are. You know, we're always going to have to check that mind. We're always going to have to check those emotions at the door. And, and, and more so just making sure that, that we're keeping in that positive mindset. And it's a practice, like so right. many other things that we do. What are some other tools, whether it be that we're dealing with gut issues, which let's be honest, all, all health issues are happening at the gut first or right. happening in conjunction with the gut, or if it's in an autoimmune condition, or if it's fatigue, or mm-hmm. if it's anxiety, or maybe you have got the whole kit and caboodle. So yeah. what are some other tools that you love to bring to your readers and your patients for that long-term healing? Right on, right on. That's such a great question. Well, I actually want to start with the first part of the phrasing, right? So you asked something like, what do folks... Oh, you said you always have to check your mind. You always have to do this work. And one of the cornerstones of my message, and I know yours too, is empowerment, right? And is that we get to take back control of our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our souls, the holistic entirety of our lives. And so I would say that you don't have to check your mind. You don't have to check your suffering. You don't have to heal your gut. You can always make the choice to continue to be sick and to continue to suffer. That is always available to you. If the work feels too hard or it doesn't feel like something you want to do right now, you get to choose to keep your symptoms. And I say that from a place of 147% love. Like you get to choose that if that's what you want. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, and then people get to choose that. They sure do. Clearly, we're, we're, we're guiding them to choosing. Sure, something wildly different, like healing yourself, different. no longer pooping on yourself, no longer <laughs> missing three days of work each week from a migraine, get your period back, you know. That's like my preference for people, but I understand that my preference for people is completely irrelevant, 
right? You need to want to heal deeply and sustainably for you for it to last. Mm-hmm. It back to that self-love piece, right? Mm-hmm. So wanted to say that. So the tools, one of the things that I know you talk about that's so important is an elimination diet. What we put into our body changes all of our electrochemical processes, right? It changes every biochemical process in our body. Some foods are more neuroexcitatory and some are soothing and calming to our nervous systems. And it's sometimes hard, particularly like if there's a mess of bugs in your gut, to figure out what food is doing what until we've come off of the most inflammatory foods, which I use the following list, gluten, dairy, corn, soy, eggs, peanuts, sugar, alcohol, and caffeine. Did I miss anything? Those are the big ones. They're the big ones. Those are the big ones. Right? So we lovingly step away from those from a framework of self-love and healing for 30 days, slowly bring them back in. So I think doing that an elimination diet paired with an intuitive eating framework is one of the most powerful things we can do. Because I'm sure you've had those patients, I've had so many that are on these super hyper-restricted diets where they're eating like 12 things or four things and they're not healing because they have stepped into living their lives according to someone else's list instead of listening to their perfect human body. Right. And in addition to, of course, whatever SIBO or parasite is going on, right? I think this is a real thing that holds people back in their wellness is not being able to listen to their intuition and what your intuition is telling you about your wellness and what's actually needed for you to heal. I love that. And one of the pieces that I love so much is just kind of all of this being that framework, all of this being choice that Mm. we get to decide to do. Yeah. I know that the other question may be, you know, outside of the choosing and working on the the emotional aspect of this Mm. and the cognitive aspect of this is how do we go about the concern that we talked about earlier in this episode was that, you know, so often we are getting the runaround. Right. So often we're not getting what we need is there a resource? You know, a lot of women come to me and they're just like, well, I don't know how to find somebody. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to get what I need. Are there recommendations? I always tell people, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things about books out there today is that there are so many, not, not many, many of us, but there are a lot of us who have taken thousands of hours or hundreds of hours and disseminated so much of that information so that you are empowered with that information to you know, know how to ask the right questions, know how to get the information that you want from a practitioner or to go out and find a different kind of practitioner. Are there recommendations that you would have outside of listening to a podcast or reading right. a book to really find that person who's going to, because we still, even though they're working on ourselves, we still need what I call basically the posse right? The, yeah. the people to help us on that journey, the use of the world to help us get better. Right on. I love that you said like the posse, right? Like your group. And I think it's, it starts when women talk to each other. Mm. And I would say that 90%, maybe more 95% of my patient population comes via referral because a girlfriend at yoga or a friend at the gym or my cousin's sister, right? Like someone, a woman was talking to other women about how she healed herself. So that's about stepping out of shame 
right? Stepping off out of guilt, stepping out, you know, the guilt of like, oh, well, if I hadn't eaten so poorly, I wouldn't have this IBS. The shame of being actually sick and having to deal with that. But instead, tapping into that empowerment within us and knowing that we can help other women to help themselves mm-hmm. by talking about what's going on for us, right? Like not that long after Selma Blair came out about her MS and how long she went undiagnosed, I had a young woman in my office who was like, I heard the Selma Blair th- talk and I think I have what she has. Unfortunately, she does. But what I'm really glad about is that she came into care because another woman talked about her experience and encouraged us all to seek out good medical care. Agreed. I think that's a really big part of it is women talking to women and crowdsourcing, right? Going on the Facebook and being like, hey, does anyone know a good XYZ? And then um, looking at the really well-known training programs, most of them have, you know, have webs like uh, the Institute for Functional Medicine has a provider directory. I also trained with Chris Kresser through his ADAPT program. There's a provider directory there. Oh, you know, what's a great resource is talking to your local compounding pharmacist. I was going to say that. Yes. Smartest. God, I love pharmacists. Yeah. The great pharmacist is amazing. Yeah. That's a really great resource to be like, Hey, you know, my hormones are off. Who's writing a lot of prescriptions for bioidentical hormones. Can I get that person's info? Uh, and taking it from there, right? Or like, oh, who's doing compounded thyroid? Can I get that person's info? Who died, mm-hmm. Who's, you know, calling it a lot of low-dose naltrexone? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. I just wanted to have you share a little bit of those resources. I think that reminder of, you know, those those resources are out there, and mm-hmm. I love all of those recommendations. Oh, good. You know, we, we are out there for sure. Now, where can we find you, girl? How can we plug into you? Yeah. So my website is Victoria Albina, A-L-B as in boy, I-N-A dot com. Uh, and you can hop on there if you go to Victoria Albina backslash body scan. You can download a free body scan meditation. You can also listen to my podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you hear podcasts. It's called Feminist Wellness. You can follow me on the Instagram, the Facebook, at Victoria Albina Wellness. And if you hop on my website and get on my email list, you'll be the first to know about all of the new stuff coming out, including some feminist wellness retreats that I am planning for early next mm-hmm. year. I know that's going to be a blast. I hope, I hope you'll come along. Yeah, I want to know more about that. Okay, great. Well, Victoria, honey, it has been the most amazing pleasure to have you on the show, girl. I love it. I loved your insight. I loved your connectivity. I love those resources. I mean, it just, you know, it's it's that next step into how we look at our wellness that's going to really propel us forward. And I just, you are so dialed into that. So thank you so much. Oh, it was such an honor. And thank you for all the work you do. Your books are amazing. Your podcast is incredible. Thank you. Absolutely, honey. Talk to you soon, girl. All right. Sounds great. Thanks. Bye. Victoria and I share some similar stories of burnout and gut issues. We both know what it feels like to not get the answers we are looking for and having that mission to find the answer that led us to work today. As Victoria shared today, mindset is everything when we embark on this healing journey. And it's the biggest lesson in believing that we deserve it and that our bodies truly want to heal every single cell. Now that you know a little bit about Victoria, I want to invite you to check her out on her podcast, Feminist Wellness. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. As always, this is for episode 97. You can head on to the website at drmarisa.com slash podcast 
or just head on over to my website and look up episode 97. I want to say thank you so much for joining me on the Essentially You podcast. It was such a pleasure. We are going to be doing a new episode, or at least I'm going to be doing a new episode personally, and I'm going to be talking about why food is key to balancing your hormones, plus how to treat and detect key nutrient deficiencies. You know, this is a topic that I get questions on every single day. What to eat for my hormones, how to recognize nutrient deficiencies, because those things are so important when it comes to getting our hormones back on track. We all know that food is foundational, but most importantly, recognizing having those nutrient depletions is going to be an important part of this conversation as well. So join me on the next episode as I dive deep. I've got some great solutions that I can't wait to share with you and some really awesome insights. Until then, have an amazing day.